This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WDAFHD2 Liberty, always live on the free Odyssey app. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive on Sixton Sports Radio, SixtonSports.com, and the Odyssey app. I am here to tell you that this is my last full day for 2023. Tomorrow we are off early because of the Kansas State game. On Friday, I will not be here. I will be in Dallas, Texas, getting ready for the Cotton Bowl to watch the Missouri Tigers take on the Ohio State Buckeyes. So this is my last full four hours of 2023. I'm very grateful for each and every one of you making me a part of your day. Thank you a lot for being here. Rob is back tomorrow. Of course, Rob would be back for the show in which we have 30 minutes to work. Tomorrow's show is 30 minutes long. Not an hour, not two hours, two segments, two 10-minute segments and a commercial break. So, of course, Rob's like, you know what? I mean, I'm not going to use my time for that. So, Rob will be back tomorrow, and then I will be off on Friday as I head to Dallas for the Cotton Bowl. Again, I appreciate you guys being here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. Dusty is here. As you guys know, we have gone through, as Rob has been gone, we have gone through everybody's Spotify. We are going to go through Dusty's Spotify here coming up in a little bit and hear what his top five songs were for 2023. We got a lot to get into over the course of the next four hours. Dusty, take it away. All right, bear with me. I haven't done this in a while, but Pizza Tasio. KC's best New York style pizza has taken over KC and now the new Waldo location is open for business. Pizza Tasio lovingly uses 100% whole milk, mozzarella, all organic tomato sauce and locally grown fresh ingredients all made by KC guys who know and love pizza. Along with the new spot in Waldo, Pizza Tasio has locations in OP, Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, St. Joe and Lawrence. Big Jayhawk town today, you know that, Carrington. And Pizza Tasio has a killer selection of craft and local beers and unique wines. Whether it's slices or whole pies, order now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. Be caller number six. And you can have yourself a za tonight or tomorrow for that Mizzou, not tomorrow, but the Friday night game for Mizzou and Ohio State. Pizza Tasio. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to The Drive each day at 2 o'clock right here on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. Number two, I need you to tell one friend. You don't got to tell two friends, but just tell one friend heading into the new year to listen to The Drive each and every day. I'm working on having Jeff Schwartz join us on the show today. You guys remember Jeff Schwartz played on the offensive line for the Kansas City Chiefs. He sent out a tweet earlier today that said that, Based on him watching the film, 
He doesn't think that Patrick Mahomes trusts MVS. I mean, I got that vibe from just watching the games, but we'll get his reaction as a former NFL player who played in Andy Reid's offense. We'll catch up with Jeff Schwartz here coming up in a little bit, working on solidifying a time, but I do think it is going to be in the 2 o'clock hour. Before we get to any of that, the top story today in the NFL is that the Broncos have made a very big decision regarding their quarterback situation. Here's Ian Rappaport. Russell Wilson, of course, Jared Stidham, that Wilson is going to the bench. There is a lot of financial reasons for this, and some of those we will get to. The guaranteed money, the get money that's guaranteed for injury in March that would become fully guaranteed if Russell Wilson was on the roster, and then if he sustained an injury, all of that would complicate things. There's a lot of the financial parts of this, but this is also a football decision. The Broncos have certainly struggled on offense, and Sean Payton, in fact, has been very clear publicly about this team needing a spark. So that's what this is, needing a spark. Jarrett Stidham, who the team signed in for agency, was very quick to sign as their backup quarterback, gave him $5 million. He now becomes the starter. Russell Wilson isn't going away. This is not a situation like, let's say, Derek Carr for the Las Vegas Raiders last year. is not leaving the building. He is going to be the backup, but he is not going to start this offense. Moves in a different direction, and all the speculation now about where Russell Wilson is going to play, where, where his home is going to be in 2024, that all can start or that all can keep going because it's been going, but major, major quarterback news for the Denver Broncos. I believe that this is the first step in Russell Wilson no longer being the starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. For you to make this decision about your, quote, franchise, end quote, quarterback for the final two games of the season, not the final one game for the season, but for the last two weeks of the season, because you want to evaluate Jared Stidham, who it's not like Jared Stidham is some rookie that you spent the third round pick on. We've seen Jared Stidham in the league as a starting quarterback. It ain't that pretty. He does not give you the best chance to win. I believe that Russell Wilson continues to give the Broncos the best chance to win. He has not been bad this year. Now, we can question how good Russell Wilson has been this year, but he has not been bad by any means as a starting quarterback for Denver. For you to make this decision in the last two weeks, especially when it wasn't that long ago that we saw Russell Wilson and Sean Payton in a verbal disagreement on the sideline, the writing is on the wall. Now, the major question is out there because we all know that the contract that the Denver Broncos gave Russell Wilson, are they going to be willing to eat the amount of money that it would take to not have Russell Wilson on their team? So from Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated, so presuming Russell Wilson is cut, his deal will have cost the Broncos $124 million for two seasons when he was already under contract for those two years at the time of the trade for $51 million. You then add that to all the picks that the Broncos gave up to go get Russell Wilson. Yikes. That is from Albert Breer. If you remember, they didn't have to pay Russell Wilson. He already had a deal, and we all know Russell, who is so brand and image conscious, he was not going to hold out from the Denver Broncos. He was going to show up, play under this deal, but the Broncos wanted to show that they had a new quarterback, that they believed in their new quarterback. They went out there. They made this big trade. They gave him a contract when they didn't have to get him, and that trade has had them upside down this entire time. Russell Wilson has been one of the worst trades in the history of the National Football League. 
It is one of the worst allocation of resources that you have possible. When you factor in the draft pick compensation, what that compensation is turned into, the Seattle Seahawks got a top eight pick last year in the NFL draft because of how bad Russell Wilson was. You then think about the money spent on the player to not have a winning record, to be one of the worst teams in the league last year, and now be on the verge of moving on from said player, an abject failure in Denver. I think they're moving on. I think this is them telling you that they plan on moving on and that they are willing to take 40 cents, 50 cents on the dollar to get Russell Wilson off the team. Now, no team is probably going to pick up that contract, so you're going to have to trade him. But Russell Wilson is going to be finding a new place to play football in 2024. Here's James Palmer of NFL Network. You guys have heard him on the show, friend of the show. Here's what James Palmer had to say on the decision today for the Broncos to move on from Russell Wilson. You mentioned March and talking to people in the building this morning after Ian's report came out, it was this. We know what's to come in March. We know the financial side of things we have to figure out right now. This is a football decision that was told to me emphatically by multiple sources inside the building that right now this is trying to provide a spark on an offense that I was on the sidelines for on Christmas Eve that Sean Payton believes right now is below average in the NFL. He thinks there's a lot of self-inflicted wounds. He thinks there's communication issues. I know that he thinks there's too much maybe in at times in this offense and an offensive mind like Sean Peyton, you know that probably irks him that he thinks maybe there's too much in this offense for those that are operating it but also he believes the ball's on the foot on the ground too much we saw a small spark at the end of the game he believes that was just kind of spontaneous due to the situation that they were in they believe that there has been a clean pocket maybe more frequently than some would believe and Russell Wilson has been leaving it he's only you know Justin Fields is the only quarterback pressured more than Russell Wilson this season all of those issues are within the offense and where it stands in Sean Payton's eyes as he's tried to work this what he likes what he knows and teaching Russell Wilson and working with a quarterback that's very different than the previous one he was with what I go back to guys is how quickly he made a move to go and sign Jarrett Stinham. I remember being here in March and giving him $10 million over two years to be the backup there was almost just a sign of something that you were always keeping an eye on because that was the quarterback move that Sean Payton, as Judy mentioned, was able to make himself. So that was James Palmer of NFL Network on the top story that Russell Wilson has been sat down for the final two games of the season for the Denver Broncos. If the playoffs started today and the draft order was set, the Denver Broncos would have the 15th pick in this year's NFL draft. So you don't have a easy path to finding your quarterback. You obviously aren't in on Caleb Williams. You obviously aren't in on Drake may. I don't think you have a realistic shot probably at Jaden Daniels, the Heisman trophy winner out of LSU. Maybe you have a chance at Michael Penix coming out of Washington. We'll see, but we all know quarterbacks tend to go high in the NFL draft. If the Broncos are going to want to find their quarterback of the future, you are going to have to use more draft capital to move up in the NFL draft to go get said player. I don't think you're finding that guy at 15. Are you willing to trade into the top 10 and go get your quarterback if that guy is available, if somebody comes together that you like? I think it's pretty clear what happened behind the scenes. I think Sean Payton took the job with the, hey, I'll make it work for one year, but if it is not work to my liking, we're moving on and I get the opportunity to go pick my quarterback. And I think the owners of the Broncos said deal. I don't think that Russell Wilson was bad this year, but I think Sean Payton knows what all of us know. 
you're not winning anything of importance with that guy as your quarterback anymore. There was a time where you certainly could do that. You could go to the Super Bowl. You could win the Super Bowl. You could play in really important games. You do not have a realistic pathway to doing those things if Russell Wilson is your quarterback. Coming up on the other side, we're expected to be joined by Jeff Schwartz, formerly played for the Kansas City Chiefs, also played for the Carolina Panthers. He believes that Patrick Mahomes has lost all of his faith in Marquez Valdez-Scanling. We'll talk to him about it. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by the De Pasquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. Tune in every day right at 2 o'clock for your chance to win a free pizza. Free is my favorite kind of pizza. Listen and win right here on 610 Sports Radio. Kansas City, it's Isaiah Pacheco. You're listening to The Drive with Keraton Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Our next guest was drafted by the Carolina Panthers in 2008, played for the Chiefs in 2013, and he tweeted this out earlier today. Watching the Chiefs film, 15 just isn't going to throw the ball to 11. 11 is MVS. is pretty glaring. Zero trust there. I will have my film review soon. We'll have the film review right here on 610 Sports Radio. Very happy to welcome on Jeff Schwartz onto the show today. Jeff, man, how you been? I'm good, man. How, how are you? We, we both are on Mad Dog today, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. You, you followed right after me this morning. How are you doing, man? I, I'm doing good, man. Happy to hear that you're doing well. I saw this tweet, and it, it piqued my interest. It caught my eye. Take us through what you saw on film today when you watched uh, the Chiefs. It's not good. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Um, oh, man. Look, I, I, uh, I've said this for a while now. Um, you know, about Kansas City, but it's a broader topic about sort of bad offense. I want to ask, like, what is a bad offense? And you know, obviously there are times when your quarterback isn't very good and your offense is, you know, just isn't good. But there are some years when your quarterback is good and the offense doesn't work. And it's like, why, why is that, right? And this reminds me of the 2018 Patriots. I had the same comment, same thought about them with Tom Brady, is that, you know, it's not just one thing, right? If it was one thing, oh, the right tackle isn't very good, okay, Let's help the right tackle. Oh, we don't have a number two wide receiver like last season. Okay, let's use Jared McKinnon more in the pass game out of the backfield. The problem this year is that a different player screws up on different plays, right? So, like, the example I gave, and this is the way you you watch the film, right? Like, there will be a time when an offensive tackle loses early and Mahomes pulls his eyes down to avoid the pressure and the guy that was open – no longer open, right? And then these guys don't understand the scramble drills. Another whole topic. You know, okay, next play, the protection's great, no one's open. Okay, next play, protection's great, and Mahomes just misses someone. That, that's happened more often than it's ever happened in his career this season. Uh, the next play, someone gets beat, and Mahomes just is a little bit off with this throw. And then they, or another time, they can't line up correctly, they get, and they got to call timeout. I mean, it's just, it's just nonstop issues like that where you can't just say okay it's one thing let's fix this one thing and we're going to be fine and that i think is the biggest problem it's not just like okay let's let's catch the ball better today well okay yeah great and so that i think is the issue and then on top of that it's that the wide receivers and i'm not going to want to point this out just have no awareness like zero um they don't really understand where in the zone to sort of stop. Look, the thing that makes Mahomes great, but also I think needs to be worked on a little bit, is you know, the idea that sort of the structure of the play is one thing, and then what can I do to make it better? And the part about I do to make better, the wide receivers have to be on the same page as you. 
And Travis Kelsey has always done that, right? And last year, Juju, I think, was on the same page. I think Rasheed Rice is getting there, but he's a rookie. He's not seen every defense. He's not seen everyone for years and years and years like, like Juju had at that point. So all these things are happening all at once. That's why there's not an easy fix, and that's why the Chiefs can't figure out you know, how to play better on offense. Right now we're talking to Jeff Schwartz here, former NFL offensive lineman, went through the film yesterday. Just wanted to get his thoughts on what he's seeing with the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Jeff, I kind of feel like we are in this cycle with the Chiefs that you mentioned trust, and Mahomes needs to trust the wide receivers more, but then they're not doing enough to be trusted. I just don't know how the Chiefs get out of that scenario this season given the parts that they have on offense. They don't. They don't. I, look, I – I, I'm a Chiefs fan, man. I hope we win a Super Bowl. They're probably not. Again, go back to 2018 Patriots. Um, you know, Tom Brady was still good, obviously. It was 2018 when uh, the, I think the Titans went there and beat him, right? Um, and then you like a trick play to even score a touchdown. I mean, it's, it's, they're just not – they're not going to do it this year. Look, certainly can they just figure it out for four games? Sure, it's Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Like I, the, yeah, that, that's a that's a possibility. Um, can they win a game in round one in the wild card round where they just their defense just plays out of their minds and they win a game seventeen fourteen? Absolutely. Um, but the the problems become the offense has to stay on schedule, right? If they have a penalty, a negative play, um, they just aren't as good. They can't make up the difference, right? Look, that trick play that end up being a fumble was just an awful decision to, to call that play. But, in, you know, this in years past, ah, uh, whatever, man. Well, uh, uh, we, we gave him seven points. We'll be fine. We'll make it work. Very next play, pick six. You know, like, it's just it's, – it's, they don't have that ability this year to make up the difference when, when things don't go well. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a way they can win, but everything has to be perfect. And that's really hard to do in the NFL, especially when you have, you know, in the playoffs, you're going to play, you're probably going to host Buffalo. Buffalo's pretty good. Um, they could be had, they could be had, but they got to, and then you got to beat, you know, the Dolphins. So they beat before, but remember that game, they only scored 14 points on offense. They needed a touchdown on defense to win that game. Then you got to play Baltimore. So it's just, it's, it's hard. It feels difficult this year to, to make the changes needed, which is really just play better, um, you know, down the stretch. I think a lot of people on the text line, and I have this question as well, MVS played 61 snaps. How, as an offense, can you have a player on the field that plays that much that your quarterback just simply doesn't trust? Like, this offense has given MVS a lot of opportunities, and for the most part, he has dropped those opportunities or hasn't made a play. Like, I kind of look at this offense. At some point, somebody has to be sacrificed, and we saw that in Chiefs offenses in the past. That happened with Le'Veon Bell. That happened with LaShawn McCoy. Eventually, somebody just got benched. Somebody had to sit down I'm looking at MVS and I, I just don't know if you can keep making him active every week well but who are you gonna play who are you gonna play Justin Ross okay I mean he's been on the roster for like one week you, you trust him in a playoff game I mean I don't know if I trust look MVS gets open Packers and throw him the ball I understand why not um but you know there are times he is open <laughs> he drops too many passes. Like, what are you going to – everyone keeps saying this. Like, what are you – you already basically benched Sky Moore, right? And I think he's on injured reserve now anyway, so he can't even play. Darius Tony is hurt. Who knows? He's very unreliable. Who, Justin Watson? I, okay, I mean, I guess he's the next guy up. It, I mean, Ross – I'd love for Ross to be the guy, but he hasn't played a lot of football. Uh, it's unrealistic to expect Ross to come in, and then you end up having Ray Shee Rice and basically a rookie – um, be your two wide receivers heading the playoffs. I think that's the problem right now is that 
there's nobody else. Who, if you bench, look, seriously, if you bet, if you bench MVS, your your core group of heading the playoffs is wide receiver wise, Justin Watson, Rashi Rice. I hope Kadarius Tony is healthy. James and McCole Hardman. Right? Am I wrong? Those are the five guys I think they would have to play. That's it. I, 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 I yeah, that's the problem. It's bad. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have anyone else. So like, they have. He has to play. He, there's no other choice. He at least lines up correctly. I mean, there are times that guys can't even line up correctly. So that's the problem. Everyone keeps saying, "Well, this." It, he, he, there's no one else to play. Right now, we're talking to Jeff Schwartz here for a couple more minutes going through the Chiefs offense. You played on the offensive line. There certainly were some questions about the Chiefs offensive line in the game against the Raiders. What did you see for them on film? Yeah, they weren't very good in the first half, I thought. Um, the Raiders also did a really good job of having a safety around the line of scrimmage when they ran the ball. I mean, it looked like they knew what was coming a lot of the times. So the Chiefs are, we know there's a very multiple in offense. There's not many tells. It's hard to you know, know when they're going to run the ball or pass the ball. I mean, they, they don't give away a lot of stuff, but the Raiders just had a really good game plan, I thought. So a lot of times there were just extra guys hanging around the box. First play of the game is a great example. They just didn't re-ID up front, and the safety dropped down late and made the play. Everyone was blocked. It was really well blocked. Um, but you have a you know, free rusher, and sometimes the back has to make a miss. Um, the pass protection, I thought, was better in the second half than first half. But here's what happens. Um, if you – if you have a quarterback that goes into a game that doesn't trust his offensive line, I think there's certainly a, a case to be made that at times Mahomes doesn't trust his, his tackles. Um, and he gets hit early in the game, immediately goes into like a shell, right? Like it goes into panic mode, goes into, okay, ball's got to be out or else. And it's really hard in a game to get that back if you're the quarterback. Again, I thought they played much better in the second half. Pat Mahomes had time to throw the ball more often than not after the first couple of drives. But he already got into his head, and rightfully so, that i got to get the ball quickly because I'm going to get beat. Uh, not I'm going to get beat, I'm going to get hit. But uh, look, Taylor I thought would be better overall. Um, again, he wasn't terrible. And you're playing Morris. I think Morris is going to be good. I, I think that he will be a good football player. Um, I thought last week was his worst game. I thought he had played better against uh, the two other opponents he played previously. Um, he will be fine, but I don't think you were counting on a third-round um, left tackle who played right tackle, I believe, in college to be the guy that you, you're relying on You know, as the season is getting, getting closer to the end. So uh, those are some concerns. I think inside they're fine. I mean, Trey gets beat every now and then. Creed and Tooney never get beat. So um, they'll be fine up front. But you have to start the Bengals game. They have to start fast. They have to let Patrick feel – that they have it under control so he doesn't start the game in a place of worry he's going to get hit every play. I think a big topic of conversation here in Kansas City has been the switch from Eric Bieniemy to Matt Nagy, and not necessarily when it comes to the play calling. I think that's still Andy Reid, but a lot of people are pointing out a lack of accountability, that Bieniemy is going to be somebody that holds you to a certain standard, and that is missing on the team. You played with under Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. What, what do you think about this, I think, topic that is centering around Kansas City's offense? It's hard to ignore, right? I mean, it, you know, it is. It's hard to ignore. Like, the the team is way more disciplined on offense. Um, yeah, I don't think it's – look, everyone's like, 
play calls. I'm like, this is the same play. If you watch Andy Reid, it's just, they call him the same freaking plays all the time that he calls every week. Like, it's not any different. The same trick plays, the same, you know, just, uh, you know, inability to, to call run plays every now and then. Again, he's still a fantastic coach, but this is all his offense. And so I think that you have to look and say, man, maybe they're missing some accountability. Look, Eric Bieniemy, we, we, we know this, man, not afraid, right? Not afraid to call you out, not afraid to hold you to a standard. That was what got at Washington's training camp this year, right? He was a little too hard on the players. Maybe they need that in Kansas. Andy Reid's not a coach. You guys know this. He's not a coach that's going to come into a meeting and just cuss someone out. It's not his style. He doesn't even cuss anyways. But it's not his style. It's not how he coaches. Yeah, he, he'll yell at you. That, that happens every now and then. Every coach does that. And maybe Eric Benny was that guy who, and again, when I was there, he was the running back coach. He wasn't in the same position that he was, obviously, the last five years. But maybe they missed that. Um, and, you know, I'm curious if uh, if – Someone will be the person to, to do that. Nothing like Matt Nagy is going to be that guy. Um, but they, they certainly need that. A lot of finger-pointing at times. Um, the not lining up stuff is infuriating. So maybe the enemy is missed in that way. I don't think he's missed in, again, I mean, Andy Reid's offense. I don't think he's missed in, in that capacity. But I think he's definitely missed as a voice of someone who will be hard on the guys. Last question here, Jeff, and I appreciate your time. If you had to offer up a suggestion to Patrick Mahomes, let's say Pat calls you and says, hey, you're somebody whose opinion I respect. I'm trying to get the most out of this offense for the next couple of weeks to try to help us play with some momentum heading into the postseason. What would you suggest? What can this offense do over the next two, three weeks as the difficulty is going to increase? You got to go through a defense like Cleveland. You got to potentially beat Baltimore. You got to beat Miami again. What suggestion do you have for this offense to try to get some kind of rhythm heading into the postseason? This is a good question. Um, I think I would just tell him to take what's there. I saw Dante Hall today, I think, on Good Morning Football, right? said, like, just, just check down all the time. No, don't check down all the time. But just, just – and this is something that's not been a problem of his for the last couple of years. He's been so much better at just taking what, what's there. But I think that's what it is. I mean, I know it's hard to say, hey, man, just, like, trust MVS. Just go to him. But I don't know how you, how you convince him to do that. You know what I mean? Um, so – I think it's just that, man. Like, if it's there, take it. Um, you know, I, I, I think running the football might be more important, but, I, I, again, I don't want him to run the ball because I don't want him to expose himself to hits, you know, and expose himself to being, you know, being exhausted like I think he was at the end of that game. That's the advice. That you just take what's there. It doesn't have to be a check down, but the five-yard play, the four-yard play, if guys open throws, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't catch the ball, so be it. That's not your problem. Um, I, I think that's the advice I'd give him. That is Jeff Schwartz joining us on the show today. He played in the NFL from 2008 to 2015. He was drafted out of Oregon and friend of the show. Jeff, man, I'm happy for all your success, man. Good talking to you as always, my friend. Thank you, buddy. Take care. That's my guy, Jeff Schwartz, joining us on the show today to talk about Kansas City's offense and where they are. Dusty, this is where I am with Kansas City's offense, and I'm curious where you are. The Chiefs have been playing football, this version of the Chiefs, for five months. If you add training camp, they started training camp in late July. We are heading into the first of the year. If you have not established a trust in your teammate, especially one who you threw passes to in the Super Bowl, passes you through into the AFC championship game last year, a guy that you have spent multiple off seasons working with, having dinners, lunch, planes. If you haven't established that trust 
in now two full seasons of playing football, that trust is never coming. That trust isn't there. I don't disagree with what Jeff Schwartz is saying. Are there times that guys are open and making plays? But I don't think you can fault Patrick Mahomes for, hey, I've trusted you before. I've thrown you the ball perfect. I've done everything that I can, and you didn't come through for me. I think what we saw on Monday was a quarterback that was trying to do a lot of it on his own. In the ultimate team game, hey, I got to make a play. I got to make a scramble here. I'm the best player on this offense. I got to figure it out. I think you saw a lot of that. I do agree with Jeff. Pat should probably take what's there, but I think it is hard for him, somebody who is as talented as he is, to kind of give up that trust and give up that power of the offense to guys who haven't really done anything over the five months to really warrant that trust. Yet a roundabout way, it kind of reminds me of the Bad News Bears movie, the original one. You know, they have the one kid in center field that just consistently runs over and catches every ball. He's got the best bat on the team. He's the one that does it all. But I think this is one of those things where, you know, it's happened time and time again. I mean, take, for instance, if you had a producer that just constantly didn't know what he was doing, and by the time you got to six and a half, seven months of working with that person, you'd probably be like, hey, Speck, might be time for me to get somebody new because I just don't trust what they're going to do with my chemistry or something like that. And that's just something where the actions of what's happened with incomplete passes and drops and interceptions that are not necessarily his fault. But I also think that Jeff Schwartz is exactly correct. I think you have to be that guy where it's like, look, man, this is your roster, right? Like people are like, why is he playing 61 snaps? Then who? Not only that, but like if he's open and he catches it, great. If he doesn't, he's a pro making $11 million. That's kind of on him and his, the rest of his career in the NFL and where it goes after this season. But yeah, the trust in week 17, we got two weeks left. You tell me you'll fix it all in one magical night. I'd love to see it. Yeah, no, you're not fixing it in one magical night. I mean, this offense, this offense just feels very off track. Like I've seen a lot of people use the term broken. I don't know if your offense can ever be broken when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback and Andy Reid is the person calling the plays. That's not the term I would use. It just feels very out of whack. And it's been very few points this season where they've been in a position where everything was flowing. The offensive line was playing well. The Chiefs could run the football effectively. You had wide receivers that could make plays. Like, I think their biggest problem, aside from guys being open and Pat not throwing it is, you don't have guys on your offense that can consistently beat man coverage. So when a team like Denver plays you, when a team like the Las Vegas Raiders that want to play more physical in your face, I mean, the Raiders told you. We think the Chiefs are tired. We think we can punch the Chiefs in the mouth. And that's exactly what they did defensively. I mean, you forced two turnovers. You scored on those plays. Kansas City never really got a rhythm. You took the run game out of it. You got pressure on the quarterback. Like, that defense did a lot of things to disrupt Kansas City. And at some point, you're asking a couple of wide receivers on that team to consistently make plays. And we've just seen so far this season, that's not what they can do. No, I mean, the first time you played this team, they didn't have Max Crosby. The second time you played them, they had Max Crosby. You have a young right tackle going up against them or a right tackle you don't trust. Like he was saying in your interview, he puts his eyes down immediately when he sees something that he doesn't like and then runs around. Like, that's just not the same offense. I think the other thing is that we're poisoned to the system that we've seen, which is this team has always been offense, 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 and how is the defense going to get through? Now you've completely flipped the script in one full season. There's one person that's not here that was there for those five years, and everything's different. So I think there's a lot of things pulling from different directions, and it's just causing a massive amount of frustration. I think players, I think players have broken I don't think that the offense or the team is necessarily broken because of what you say with Patrick Mahomes, because look, we could get to January and everything could just turn on in the playoffs. 
Coming up in a little bit, we are going to go through Dusty Spotify and see what his top five songs were for the year. We got Pete Sweeney coming up on the show in about 20 minutes or so. We'll get Pete Sweeney's thoughts on everything Kansas City Chiefs related. So you know that from time to time, Dusty, we play the Google game on this show. Well, let me give you some Google information because they put it out. What was trending in 2013? The most Google news story in the uh, in the world, or I guess in the United States, was the war in Israel and Gaza. The number two most Google story this year was the Titanic submarine. That story feels like it was three years ago. That is one of the wildest stories, too, because you remember, like, the subplot of that story where the kid was, like, of the dad. He went to, like, the Blink-182 concert and then, like, had, like, a Twitter going because he was, like, didn't go on the sub, went to the Blink-182 concert instead. And then everybody's, like, the sub collapsed. And then they the whole story was wild. I mean, everything about it, when you think about, like, that story, it was the perfect intersection of everything. Like, it was, like, class, race, wealth. The a, lot of, a lot of wealth. Yeah, it was like, just a lot all in one all in one fell swoop. Uh, these were the top five most Googled people in 2023. I mean, we know number one. It was DeMar Hamlin. Re- okay. DeMar Hamlin okay. was the most Googled person in 2023. I forget January starts the new year. Jeremy Renner was number two. Travis Kelsey was number three. Tucker Carlson was number four. And somebody called Lil Tay. Oh. I'm not very familiar with Lil Tay's yeah, work. Who is Lil Tay? You know who Lil Tay is. I don't know who Lil Tay is. I know who you Lil Wayne is. I know is. who he is? I know who Lil Baby is. Don't know who Lil Tay is. A white guy from the suburbs. You think I know who Lil Tay is? I don't have no clue who Lil <laughs> Tay is. Lil Tay might not even be a like man. If you don't know him, I'm definitely not going to know that him. That could be Taylor Swift's alter ego. I have no not clue a chance. who Lil Tay is. No not clue a chance. who Lil Tay is. What was the top five again? Damar Hamlin. Jeremy Renner, Travis Kelsey, Tucker Carlson, and Lil Tay. So Jeremy Renner's snowplow story got that much search? Because you remember that story, right? I do. Yeah, that's got to be why he's two. The top five celebrity passings this year in terms oh, of Google. Man. Matthew Perry, Jerry uh, Jerry Springer, Tina Turner, Jimmy Buffett, and Sunit O'Connor. Those were the top five most that's Googled tough. celebrity deaths this year. Athletes-wise, Damar Hamlin, Travis Kelsey, Brock Purdy was number three, Lamar Jackson number four, Jalen Hurts. Those were the five most Googled athletes according to Google. I'd like to know how many songs you know of the top five people that passed away this year. I mean, I know a lot of Tina Turner songs. What's love oh, got well, to do? How many how many Buffett this? songs are in Carrington's Cranium? Is he the song? If you like Pina Coladas, getting he caught not, in the rain. He is not. That's not him. No, he's Margaret. If you like making love at midnight, that's not yep, him. That's exactly what Jimmy Buffett sounds like. That's not how the song goes. No, I mean that's the song. That's not his like is the, voice. Uh, is the "Don't worry, be happy." Is that no. Jimmy Buffett? No, dude, I don't know. Who, I don't know a Jimmy Buffett song, on. man. I thought I knew a Jimmy. Wasted Buffett away song. in Margaritaville. I thought that was the "Don't worry, be no. happy." I thought that was the same song. You're confusing like different races. <laughs> no, I got and, like, that. No, I got that. Yeah. I got that. Uh, the number one thing that people wanted to explain this year was the movie The Menu, which I was part of this. After watching The Menu, the first thing that I did was Google to try to better understand the movie. I would highly encourage you to watch The Menu, one of the more unique movies that I watched in 2023. Yeah, probably pass. I wonder, at least on here, so like top five musicians, Jason Aldean and Ice Spice, those were one, two. That's a pretty diverse crowd. I just assume (laughs) that this is trending. Like, I find it hard to believe that Taylor Swift, given she was on tour this mm -hmm. year, I find it hard to believe that Taylor Swift was not the most Google musician. So So I wonder if they're doing like a... LeBron? and And I wonder if it is a... 
if it is an increase over how much you are Googled. Like, I would uh, guess, like, LeBron James probably gets Googled more than DeMar Hamlin, but he is always here. So DeMar Hamlin went from nobody ever Googled him to now, and they're telling you based on what spiked in 2023. That's what I am guessing, because I find it hard to believe that more people Googled Ice Spice in 2023 than Googled Beyonce or Taylor Swift. Just you doesn't know, seem that Who did you Google me. search more in 2023, Taylor Swift, Ice Spice, or Beyonce? I plead the fifth. Okay. Coming up on the other side, you know what? Speaking of Spice, we're going to go through Dusty Spotify and see what music he was listening to this year. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Chocolate Cake needs a good run game, good offensive line, needs elite weapons. I think that Chocolate Cake is a system quarterback. Brought to you by the Deep Esquale Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. Every online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit. HIMS.com slash joy. J-O-Y. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. Back in on The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Very happy to be here. Pete Sweeney is going to join us here coming up in just a bit. So you guys know that we have been going through our producers' Spotify pages. Spotify does what they call a Spotify wrap at the end of the year where they tell you all your listening habits, so your top five artists, your top five songs, your most popular podcast, all of those things. Dusty is here, and this is my last show for 2023, so you know what I decided? Let's go through Dusty's Spotify page. I don't know what music could potentially be on there. You're not going to like it. But let's hear and see. This was Dusty's fifth most listened to song on Spotify. I mean, come on, man. How are you not how are you not bopping your head to the, the to that band there? You know what I mean? You put the patio lights on, you crack a few sodas, you start to feel yourself, and then you hit play. That's where we get with that one there. Was that one direction? It was not one direction, but it's pretty close. Who was that? That is the nineteen seventy-five. Their lead singer is Maddie Healy, who was dating Taylor Swift before Travis Kelsey. Came and took that away from us. I see why she left. Yeah. <laughs> I see why she left. She heard that song. That song's probably about her. And he's like, I don't. Probably it might be. I need a more manlier man than that. I can't be fooling with that. She went to Arrowhead immediately after that. I mean, she did go from complete, like, opposite ends of the male spectrum. No, I, I heard. Yeah. Uh, all right. Not really what okay. I was expecting in my top five from a Dusty Likens, but you know what? That's why I'm here. It's your Spotify. It's your top five They chose list. it for me. I uh, didn't choose it. I'm in love with you by the 1975. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Taylor Swift. So I did not know that. So Taylor yeah. Swift went from dating somebody who mm-hmm. was on the maybe 42nd biggest band in the world to mm-hmm. the greatest tight end to ever live. You know what? Let me up. Progress. Salute, salute to Travis Kelsey. Progress. Man. Uh, this is Dusty's fourth most popular song on Spotify. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. I'll stand direct 
anti-hero by Taylor Swift is in Dusty's top five. Now, was this before her relationship with Travis Kelsey? Have you always been a Swifty? If you have Taylor Swift in your top five, yeah. you're a Swifty. Was I think this afterwards? Was this like after the relationship nah, this is and before. now you just had a new interest in Taylor Swift? No, nah, this is before. So uh, maybe you can kind of get in this field. This will uh, kind of, I don't know, give you perspective on where it came. I have a couple sisters. They're big Swifties. You got to keep in the conversation. And, uh, you know, you go back to a couple other songs that are older. And then she released this album this summer. But this is why I think all these songs are on here. I mean, they're not like what I would consider my top, but they're the top most five played. So apparently I was, uh, I was into it, man, but uh, definitely before the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey saga began. Okay. So uh, number five was I'm in love with you by 1975. Mm. Number four is Taylor Swift's anti-hero. So dusty, very, very involved in Taylor Swift's life. We now mm. learn that through learning what kind of music he listens to. This is dusty's third most popular song this year on his Spotify. Haven't given up, I'm just on your radio. Chasing you like a side of whiskey. Burning, going down. Burning, going down. Chasing you. Is this uh, Morgan Wallen? There you go, you're two out of Oh my goodness, I just took a random guess. Let's go. <laughs> I just took a random guess. Let's I had go. no clue. Never heard yeah. that song before. Yeah. I just took a random guess. There you go. I'm proud of myself. The text line hates me. Uh, they think that my music is absolutely absurd. I think we're, I, I'm Stop not going to lie. Segment. I think we're all a little bit surprised. Like, I didn't know. Poppy like, guy, if, man. If you had asked me, hey, what radio station does Dusty listen to? I wouldn't have said Mix 93.3. That's not what I would have guessed. That's the vibe that I've gotten so far from your playlist. I'm not judging you if that's no, the you kind know, of music that you listened, like. I'm I'm listened, just, it's you know. not what I expected you to be listening to. I didn't know that you were just riding around in the car listening to Antihero. I didn't know. That's not the thing. See, here's the top five and my top five are completely two different things. These are just the top five most songs that got played this year on my phone. So these would necessarily be like what I would consider my top five. Oh, okay. That's my so these songs just randomly they got on your phone. You didn't type uh, no, no, them no, in. They, and they play, were all, press they, play? Were, they were getting played. Patio, oh, okay. We were in full patio season for like eight months. And you were yeah, I did. Damn you're right. You're the problem. You got to be a learned. crowd pleaser too. That's what we no, you I know. I get you. Yeah, you got you played a lot of crowd pleaders. It looked like you played a lot of anti-hero for the gals. They get down. All right. Uh, so number three was "Chasing You" by Morgan Wallen. Great Is song. It, it's Morgan Wallen, right? That's correct. All right, uh, number four, uh, Taylor Swift, anti-hero. Number five, I'm in love with you, the 1975. Mm. Here goes uh, number two for our guy Dusty on his Spotify. Bleachers. Okay. They are going to be in town, I believe, May 23rd. Already got my tickets. You're welcome. Where are they going to be at? Uh, They're going to be down the crossroads. Oh, okay. So there, if if you're ready, if you're ready for this, it gets weirder. Okay. Their lead singer is Jack Antonoff, who produces music. And you can guess whose music he produces. Taylor Swift. Correct. Okay. You're just in the Taylor Swift universe. <laughs> it just seems learned. that way. We, There's just a lot the of similarities here. Swift universe. Uh, all right. This was Dusty's most listened to song in 2023. Still a mystery. Number two, chasing you. Number three, anti-hero. Number four, I'm in love with you. Number five. Let's see what Dusty's most listened to song was in 2023. 
That was Dusty's most listened to song in 2023. What's Great that song jam. called? What's up? What's the song called? Meet Me at Her Spot. That is uh, Will Smith's daughter. Willow Smith. That's Willow Smith. That's Willow Smith. Oh. That song's a That's bop. the same girl that used to have the I Whip My Hair back and forth? I guess. I didn't listen to that one, but I listened to that one a lot. No, we, we, it's your most listened to song. We know. Yeah. How many plays did that song get? You know it tells you on there how many plays Yeah, I think it was like 2,000. You had 2,000 plays of that song we yeah. just played? I play a lot of golf, too. Okay. And some of these songs are just vibes once you've had a few Miller High Lives on the golf course. Yeah, meet me at the spot, the ninth hole. You can, I mean, or the 19th hole. Yeah. Um, you got to know, man. You got you to gotta be a crowd pleaser. You got to have a vibe when you're, when you're chilling, you know, outside. And it's, it was poppy season, apparently. It, it obviously, we'll see what uh, happens it, next it, year. It, it, I'm not even judging your list. It's your list. No, what you kind are. of music you listen There's to? There's a lot of shame in your voice. I'm just surprised. I'm not. It's no shame. I, you, you pay the Spotify bill. Listen to what you want. I'm just surprised. You should get into the 1975. I'm okay. You should get into the song called Chocolate. I I'm bet right. you like that song. I'm all right. You'll be all right. If it wasn't good enough for Taylor Swift, it ain't good so enough for me. So you're saying you listened to Lil Tay before you listened to 1975? I, I still don't know who Lil Tay is. I'm still uh, unfamiliar with Lil Tay's work. I don't know who yeah. Lil Tay is. Is that like an influencer? I don't know who that person is. I've officially lost all respect from everyone that's ever listened to me. I, I don't just, know if I'll be able to come back to After Hours. Everybody is just surprised. I would never have guessed that Taylor Swift is in your top five. And your yeah. most listened to song was by Will Smith's daughter. I just, I would never have guessed this. It's a bop. It's a band called Anxiety. Play that song again and tell me you weren't bopping your head to it. You like that song. You know, why don't we just fade out with your most listened to song? You, Pete Sweeney coming up next. All right. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis, joins the show every Monday starting at 4 o'clock. Travis Kelsey's on his own planet. When you look at it empirically, there is no way to compare him to anybody else. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 